The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents... The Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And I thank you for joining me today. You know, if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks or months or so, I mentioned, I don't know, it's several shows ago that uh, my wife and I, we were going to bring one of our rental houses out of our portfolio. We're going to bring that to the market to sell. Well, we did, and we got it sold. And I wanted to take the opportunity on today's show to tell you how that process went, that sale process. I know a lot of people right now are nervous to do any kind of a transaction in this market, whether on the buy side or the sell side. So let's see how that went. And I want to tell you how the investment itself performed for us from start to finish. How this single, this base hit that we bought a number of years ago actually became a grand slam. You know, we often, we often use that analogy, that baseball analogy, uh, to describe our real estate investments. You may describe it as a, as a single, like I just did, a, a base hit. You know, you got the first. It's a good deal, right? It's a good investment. That's what we're talking about. But maybe not great, maybe not phenomenal. So then we may describe it as a home run or even a grand slam. Well, that's that phenomenal, that, that great investment. And it's worth noting here, whether it is whether that investment is a, a, a single or a home run really depends on you and your investing criteria. What is it you're looking for in terms of returns, et cetera? And how did that investment perform relative to your goals and your expectations? What might be a single for me might be a double or a triple for you, maybe even a home run. So keep that in mind during today's show and at the end of today's show here's what i want you to take away two main ideas number one do not be afraid to do a transaction in today's market whether buying or selling especially on the buy side because you want to get in the game now so that the clock starts running so the clock starts ticking on that investment that's number one number two don't just always swing for the fences. Don't just look for those home runs. If it's not a, eh, if I don't think it's going to be a home run, forget it. Again, to use the baseball analogy, singles are very, very important. And really, most of my early investments, I would classify then, per our criteria, what we were looking for as singles, peppered later on with the occasional home run and now a grand slam. But remember, you cannot get a run if you do not get on if you do not get on base. And I'm not a huge baseball aficionado. I grew up playing soccer, football, basketball. Somehow never got into the baseball side of things, but I do want to run with this analogy a little bit. And specifically the grand slam. Let's think about that. Let's define that. You've got a you know, bases are loaded. You've got a runner on third base. 
You've got a runner on second base. You've got a runner on first base. Next batter steps up to the plate. Pitcher tosses the ball, and that batter, man, he just whacks it into the bleachers. You get four runs scored. That's the most that you can get in one at-bat. That's the Grand Slam in baseball. It's not very common. Not very common. In fact, I tried to figure out what are the odds. What are the odds? One, one website said, hey, one in every 1,200 at-bats will be a, could be a Grand Slam. Another said one in every 1,350. So in any case, less than one-tenth of 1%. But here's the interesting thing to think about you know, from the baseball perspective, but especially for the, those of you in the, in the real estate world that always insist on swinging for the fences, take this analogy to heart, that that grand slam in baseball cannot occur without at least one of those runners getting a single, or, or even worse, maybe being walked. <laughs> bad, bad job pitcher walking that guy to first plate, first base, while second and third are already occupied, bases loaded. So essentially... A single is a prerequisite to getting a Grand Slam. Interesting. Okay, so how does that apply to our real estate story today? Okay, well, let's start with the single, because that's what we had. That's what we had in our lap. What, what, what did it look like? Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the house. Now, it has been a while since we bought this. It's been about eight, eight and a half years. So we've had this one in our portfolio for, for a little bit. And we originally sourced this... And we got a lot of our prior deals. This was our ninth house to purchase, let me tell you that. Got a lot of our prior investments through the Lifestyles Unlimited Realty team, both both from wholesalers that they had contact with, as well as off of the MLS, buying, buying on-market and off-market, in other words. This one in particular just came through our relationships. Uh, in fact, with one of the hard money lenders that we're connected with out there. Hey, I've got this house. Are you interested? Yeah, let's take a look. So we take a look, you know, layout, condition. What, what did it look like? It's a... Uh, you know, I've done prior shows where I talked about some of what we bought. This was not one of the houses I described, but it was just like those houses. Bread and butter, three bed, two bath, two car garage, one story, brick veneer, you know, brick around the outside. Um, about 1,500 or so square feet. But man, it was dated. Somebody had passed away. Heirs had acquired the property. Heirs had done nothing with the property. In fact, heirs had done nothing with the cats in the property. So when we got to this house, what did we find? We found green shag carpet. It stunk. <laughs> you know, it was stunk to high heaven. That's the smell of money. At this point, we'd done enough houses. We'd bought enough and renovated enough houses that we walked in, and it was pretty much a clear decision for us. This is it. We're doing it. Didn't have to spend a whole lot of time walking it. We understood the footprint. We understood the market down there. And... As we got to the finish line to buying this thing, we had to put together our scope of work. And obviously when it's that dated, cosmetics, right? Old wood paneling, we like to take that down now. Sometimes we'll paint it. Uh, wallpaper, yeah, it still had wallpaper in places. I mentioned that shag carpet, avocado green oven, all that stuff had to go. We blew out the, the fur down in the kitchen, make an, op make an open concept. So a lot of cosmetic stuff. And out of the, the big five, right, beyond cosmetic, when you do a renovation, we talk about the big five repairs that may need to be done. Some of these are structural. That includes foundation, plumbing, electrical, roof, and the HV, the heating, ventilation, and uh, AC system. Um, we only had to deal with two of these. We re replaced the AC, and we leveled the foundation. It was very much 
out of level. Our total budget back then, remember eight, eight and a half years ago, was around $36,000 to get all of this work done. Nowadays, that would probably be about fifty-five, maybe $60,000 on this particular house if we did exactly the same level of work. And I want to get into the numbers. So we, we put our scope of work together, about 36K, and I'll explain what made this a single, in my view, back then. So at the end, end of the day with purchase price and rehab and ARV, uh, market value and we we're done, we wound up being $25,000 out of pocket. Back then, that was in line with our average at the time. I went back and looked at every house we bought up to this point. On average, we were coming in at uh, 25, 26K out of pocket. Again, this was eight years ago. Equity capture, though. Remember, we make money multiple ways on our houses. Our equity capture was very, very low. It was only $5,800. That's exactly what made it a single for us. We captured a lot more equity on most of our prior houses. And that represents that equity gain, just a 23% return on that $25,000 that we invested. Much smaller than we normally like to see and way, 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 way smaller than we are seeing in today's market. Remember, today's market has shifted dramatically from what we saw eight years ago. But that's okay. We bought for the cash flow. We were projecting to earn $450 per month net, right, to our pocket uh, every month at the time. And that's about a 21% return on our cash. And that's good cash flow. Lower equity, equity capture, but good cash flow. That's what made it a single for us. Again, per our criteria, per our goals. And you have to remember, and I've talked about this in the past, back then, our goals were more focused, our personal goals were focused more heavily around cash flow. And I'll tell you why. Again, this was house number nine for us. We bought one, two, three, four, up to eight. House number nine comes along. Yes, it became a grand slam from a numbers perspective. We'll get to that here in just a moment, maybe in the next segment. But back then, this was just a single, but it did a lot of things for us. Cash flow again was the big goal. I think when we contracted on this, we were about two and a half, closing in on three years as real estate investors. And this is the house that retired my wife. Yeah. We were shooting for cash flow because we needed to get her out of a job that was tearing her apart. It was a terrible, terrible place. And this is the house that put the cash flow into our monthly portfolio that put us over that tipping point to where she could calmly and comfortably walk away. This is the house. In fact, when we went to sell it, she said, man, this one's hard to let go. And a little bit of emotion worked into that for many reasons, but that being the big one, this is the one that set her free. Had we not bought house number one, single, house number two, another base hit, house number three, another base hit, we would not have gotten to house number nine, yet another single, but the house that set her free. So she got retired, and it goes further. You know, she had a very high-stress job um, at the time. Five years, progressed up the career ladder, was doing very well financially, earning well, but physically not doing well just having a hard time come home crying that sort of thing um, and at the time we were trying to have a kid and I think the stress from just that environment kept it from happening well here comes house number nine here comes that extra little bit of cash flow puts us over the top she quits calls me one day says hey I, I can't take this anymore I was like get out of there we're, we're okay <laughs> just hit the road and she did and five six months later 
all that stress is gone and bam, she's pregnant. I connect the dots here and I say that stress that was taken off of her plate by leaving that tough situation allowed her to then get pregnant and now we've got our little guy. Talk about him on the show all the time. House number nine is a very important number for us. Even though it was a single at the time, it was a life changer. So a very important number. So you've got a little bit of the background as to when we bought it eight, eight and a half years ago, why we bought it, good cash flow, right? Not a lot of equity. How did it look in the hold period? What happened since? Well, we got it fixed up, took a, I don't know, a couple months, put it on the market, rented very fast. Rents at the time, by the way, $1,325. Fast forward till today, if I had kept this house and re-rented it, 2000 over 2000 2100 Wow, <laughs> there's inflation for you. But we're making a nice cash flow, rented it to... Uh, a couple of roommates, sometimes that's questionable. And in fact, these roommates uh, did not get along and after a year they were out, they moved on. There was a happy ending to that story. If I have time, I'll get to that because one of those roommates took me down to a home run later on. But we moved another family in and they happily lived there for the remainder of the term. They just gave notice this year, hey, time to go on. I said, all right, time to sell, time to sell. During that period, very uneventful, just one turn. But the cash flow. Like I said, initial rents thirteen twenty-five. By the end of our hold, that had climbed considerably, and that four hundred and fifty per month that we were netting climbed quite a bit as well. That's the real benefit of getting into an investment property now and setting that fixed rate debt. Again, had we held this and released at the market rent of two two thousand twenty one hundred or so versus that fixed rate mortgage, man, cash flow would have jumped significantly. And in fact, we got our initial cash invested into this property out of the property just by way of that monthly cash flow and much, much more. So hold period was very uneventful, one easy turn, long-term residence, lots of cash flow, cash got out. What are we giving up though when we sold? What did we give up by the way? Well, let's talk about that when we come back. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. So when I say be ready, number one, to get ready, you better join up Lifestyles Unlimited and learn all these things we're talking about. You're out there piddling and, you know, internet information and your buddy's information or your dad's information. It's not going to get you the results that we're talking about. You're going to have to be educated in what we're doing learn from the people that are already where you want to be join us for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com creating the lifestyle you've always wanted you're hearing lifestyles unlimited's real estate investor radio show welcome back to the show i'm your host andy webb and we're talking about a house a house that we added to our portfolio rental property eight plus years ago that we recently divested and I wanna work working through a few of the numbers with you. And my big message to convey to you is that when we bought this thing, it was just a single hit, right? We got onto first base, nothing nothing terribly exciting, good cash flow, very not a ton of equity on it when we bought it. But man, man, it changed. It turned massively. We're gonna to get to that here, I think in this segment. But I wanna tell you, because we did have to grapple with this decision. Um, do we sell or do we release? This was actually the only property in our entire portfolio that did not renew this year. Everybody else wants to stick around because they know they're in good homes, uh, best product, best price, 
So they want to stay. That's the good news if you follow the Lifestyles Unlimited model. It makes that hold period, as I described, it makes it a lot easier. But this family had to go. They needed to move somewhere else. And we had a decision. Retain or sell. We decided to sell. What are we giving up by selling? Well, I told you how the rent started at $1,325. And our net at the time was about $450. That was the monthly cash flow that we kept in our pocket, our profit, every, every month. Well, that grew by the end of this uh, family's term. That net was around 730. That's a massive 62% increase over that period in, in the rents. That's probably what five, five and a half or so percent per year in essence, just on the net that we're, we're retaining. And had we kept the house, we could have raised the rent probably, you know, with some updates uh, to about, you know, by about $300. Yeah, we would have cleared $1,000, over $1,000 a month cash flow on this house so why didn't we keep it you know we had a fixed rate uh, 30 year four and a half percent more uh, mortgage that's part of the reason uh, we would have made that sort of cash but why didn't we keep it opportunity cost simple opportunity cost we we're leaving too much equity in the property and we needed to get that out we wanted to get that out so that we can now redeploy that into other investments if I have one house that can go from a single to a grand slam what happens if I take out that equity and buy 10 more? And a couple of those become grand slams. So we need to follow that opportunity. Could we have done a cash out refinance? Yes, we, we could have. Um, we would have put some work into the house. So we would have some dollars into that process. And bottom line, you get more out at a sale. Your cash out refi is gonna be refinanced at 75% of loan to value. So we decide, hey, we wanna sell. We wanna get the full equity out. And I told you one of the takeaways for you today on the show is that you cannot be afraid of doing a transaction in this market. I know it's a rocky market. A lot of people are scared. A lot of people are nervous. Don't, interest rates, mortgage rates are high. What does that mean? And I want to tell you, the sale for us was fairly seamless, fairly painless. In fact, it was great. Now, we did go in. It's been a longer hold, so we did need to go in and do a what I'll call a mini renovation, you know. Uh, we had initially put Formica countertops into the bathrooms and the kitchen. Well, this market has shifted, so we went in with new three centimeter, you know, nicer granite countertops in both kitchen and baths, new undermount sinks, faucets, all that fun stuff. And of course, stainless steel appliance in the kitchens. This is what the market demanded for the price that we wanted to, 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 to attain. Um, some other stuff, fresh paint inside and out. And I was astounded at how much the cost of paint on this house went up from when we bought it to this year. But that's inflation seeing it everywhere so we did do some updates you know family family gave notice extended for a month extended for another month extended a little bit past that we worked with them on that that's okay but it did push us later and later in the year and I will confess to you as we got later and later in the year I did start to experience a little bit of that fear Ooh, we're heading in towards the holiday seasons what's gonna happen now days on market tend to get a little bit longer Right? Prices tend to drop a little bit around the Christmas holidays. Am I going to have to deal with that? Well, we got through our mini rehab listed in October. And get this, under a week on the market before we contracted. And we contracted above list price. Now, we did list it a little below the market value because we wanted to drive demand. And it worked. A lot of interest. We had some showings. Got that, that, that one contract that spoke to us and pulled the trigger closed grand slam so why am i calling this a 
Grand Slam now at this point in time? How did we know at the time that this single would convert to a Grand Slam? Absolutely not. No. No clue. Had no idea. Not at the time. We had a good bass hit. We had a single. And at the time, we just knew that we were getting a solid cash flowing asset. The goal at the time was cash flow. The goal at the time was retire my wife. The goal at the time was get her out of that terrible job. And this is the house that did it. So we were, we were getting a good solid asset. Fixed up, best product, best price. Rent coming in monthly. Net to our pocket monthly, good numbers. But in the end, with the sale proceeds and the, the cash that we collected as, as, as net rent over the years, whew, we wound up clearing an, over an 800% return. Not, a, not, not 100, not, not 200, not 400, but 800% return. Sounds great. It is great. Now that is granted, that is over about an eight and a half year hold period from, from close date on the purchase, through the renovations, through the uh, residents, you know, holding the house and through the mini rehab, but eight and a half years. So if you annualize that, that's about 95% every year that we're getting as, as a return. Wow, pretty good. Now, how did that happen? How did a single become a grand slam? Well, you have to remember that we make money five ways with real estate. And as it were, we bought in a submarket. This is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, a submarket at the time that was a little bit depressed. So we got a good price. And since then, that, that area took off. That area took off. Market appreciation was clearly a very large part of this. In fact, that house more than doubled in value from the time we fixed it up and, and stamped the uh, fixed rate appraisal, the conventional appraisal on the back end to when we sold, more than doubled. Now we don't buy for appreciation. That is icing on the cake. But sometimes it happens, usually it happens, and sometimes it happens big. That's what we saw. So we enjoyed a great, we enjoyed a great cash flow and a little bit of equity capture at the beginning. Again, that's the single. But then we went on to enjoy massive appreciation. But never forget, we make money five ways over the hold period, because we do have a mortgage in place. Again, that four and a half percent fixed rate debt. We enjoyed equity buildup. Our residents were paying us every month. And out of that gross rent, we paid the mortgage. We paid down the loan from, I think it was around 94,000 to uh, 79K over that time. About $15,000 paid towards my mortgage by my residents. Not by me. If you do the math on that, 15K divided by 25 are, are cash invested into the investment. That's a 57 return right there, just on the equity buildup, almost 7% per year. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. And a lot of times investors in this situation will do a 1031 and they'll protect those, cap those, those gains from taxes, defer those taxes for the time being by rolling then the gains into more properties. But we didn't do that. So your question then is, man, aren't you going to pay a ton of taxes? My answer to you is no. Well, first and foremost, when my residents gave notice and we started entertaining this idea, probably back in, I don't know, it might have been May or June, um, I had a conversation with my, with my CPA. We want to get out of the, the management of this particular house and we want to roll a lot of these funds, not all, but a lot of these funds into passive apartment investments. But our tax burden will be minimal, if anything, 
So we did. We made money four ways, and we do enjoy the tax advantages, even if we didn't do the 1031. Do you always have to do it? No, you don't. And here's my reason why we did not in this situation. Now, hearkening back eight, eight and a half years ago, we invested what turns out to be about $25,000 into this property. We went on to have a grand slam, made an 800% return. It was 805 to be specific, 95% per year with the cash flow and the compounded equity through appreciation, through equity buildup, with the little bit that we got at the start through equity capture, we attained a grand slam. So give that some thought. What are you invested in now? Just look back for eight years. How did it do? How has it been performing? Could we have done better by selling a few years prior and reinvesting then? Probably so. I can tell you that right now in the housing market, we are in our housing market here, we are still seeing price growth. If I had held on to this house for another year, it would have gone up further in value. I would have enjoyed those rents, but then there's that opportunity cost. But my question then is, could that change? If I take my, my, my proceeds, invest in passive apartment investments, but then also put some into houses, what am I going to see? Well, thinking about interest rates, they're probably going to go one of two directions, either up or down, mortgage rates in particular. If up, well, hey, then you've locked in a cash flowing asset with fixed rate debt. And if they continue to go up, that's going to push up rents as well because people aren't going to be able to buy. So they're going to rent and you're going to see your cash flow spread continue to grow just like we did. Expectation is that it's actually going to, we're going to start to see declines in the Fed funds rate, etc. And mortgage rates could well go down. And I think if that happens, we haven't seen a lot of buyer demand out there lately due to those rates. I think we're going to see pent up buyer demand hit the market and hit it hard because people are just waiting. Rates dropped a point or two, bam, out there. What's that going to do? Supply versus demand, rampant price, price growth, I think will once again be unleashed. In other words, more appreciation. A lot of the experienced investors that I know at Lifestyles Unlimited are getting into the market right now. I think they share similar expectations there. So just a couple of sidebars for you. I'll save the home run story uh, for another day. One of my residents from this property brought me a house that turned out not to be a single, double, or even a triple, but a home run. If I had not been in this single, I would not have gotten that other property, but we'll save that for another day. I want to get back to how I opened the show, and there are two main ideas I want you to take away from today. Number one, do not be afraid to do a transaction in today's market. If you, like I, are sitting on a rental house with a lot of equity, get it, get it out on the market. Cash that out, redeploy. Whether you're buying or selling, if you're interested in getting started, good time to buy, okay? Especially on the buy side. Get in the game now to get that appreciation clock and everything else ticking. That's number one. Number two, don't just swing for the fences. Don't just look for those home runs. If it's not a home run, forget it. I'm not going to do it. Again, to use the baseball analogy, our single converted to a grand slam. In baseball, you cannot have a grand slam without getting a player on first base, getting that single. If you can't even get a single, you'll never get a grand slam. And if you don't get into the game, your odds of getting a single or a grand slam are what? They're zero. 
So do we know what's going to happen with market appreciation in the future? No. So we buy a solid single, a solid asset, get that cash flow. Right now, get a lot of equity capture and start the clock tip ticking. One way to do that, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, click on our free workshop, register and attend. We'll see you there. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.